What the Actual Fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. We can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we are medical professionals, we are human too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual convo where you can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. Welcome back to another episode of What the Actual Fork podcast. Today, we had the best conversation with Dr. Heather Finley. Dr. Heather Finley is a registered dietitian, gut health specialist, and sought after speaker on the topics of constipation, bloating, gut health, disordered eating, and how all of these topics intersect. As she says in this episode, all the sexy stuff like poop and constipation. (laughs) Her clients often come to her as a last resort after feeling like they've tried everything. Dr. Heather loves helping clients go from restricted with food and frustrated with their symptoms to empowered, relieved, and And in addition to working with clients in the Gut Together program, Dr. Heather also trains other practitioners to use her signature Gut Together method while helping them build sustainable business in her Gut Practitioner program. And this episode, like, I feel like the three words that come to mind for me are like constipation, bloating, and poop. Those are like, it's just perfectly describes the episode in the best ways. And also like a ton of science, like the way that Dr. Heather explained the answers to the questions that Sam and I asked were almost like she was reading a script. Like that's how well-versed she is in her scope of practice and in her specialty. I think it's a better way to put it. Like it was just like off the top of her head. Like she knew it. It's science. It's research. She had statistics. It was like so amazing. Yes. And it's just such, it was so beautifully done where it's not often that you find someone so specialized in something that needs a lot of scientific backing. Well, obviously intuitive eating has scientific backing, but she has that additional ability to help people make peace with food and heal their gut in a way that I I think is really special. And it's like the perfect example of intuitive eating works with medical conditions. Like we always talk about, right? Like you can be an intuitive eater and have gut issues that can be addressed through this process. Um, which I just think that we can say in every single episode until the whole world listens. Yes. So if you've ever been bloated, (laughs) if you've ever tried an elimination diet or found yourself eating like only like rice cakes because you were bloated all the time, this is a perfect episode for you to listen to. So let's shut up and just get to it. 
Welcome back to everybody to another episode of the What the Actual Fork podcast. Today, we are super excited to have Dr. Heather Finley on the pod today. And before we have you officially tell your story and introduce yourself, Sam and I like to now start off this podcast. And she has reminded me, so I'm not going to mess this up. <laughs> the name of our podcast is the What the Actual Fork podcast. And it's obviously about diet culture. So we want to ask you today, if you've had a moment recently or a major moment in the past where you literally stopped in your tracks and said, what's the actual fork, um, something related to diet culture and your specific avenue of nutrition? Oh man, there's probably so many. Give us a good one. <laughs> I'm <would> sure. <laughs> um, I probably, the latest one, oh my gosh, how do I even choose? Probably the latest one is about intermittent fasting and gut health um, and just the myths and all that that is there. Obviously, that could be like a whole podcast episode in itself. But yeah, my poor husband gets an earful all the time about um, that specifically because I don't know about you guys, but I feel like that is like so trendy right now and like everyone's asking me about it, even like not my clients, like my friends, like, what do you think about this? What are your thoughts? And so it's just like everywhere. So probably yes, intermittent fasting for gut health would be, yeah, my what the actual fork moment. Maybe we should talk about that in this episode because I think there are so many myths about intermittent fasting in general, um, and I would love your expertise. But before we get there, can you tell us a little bit more about you? I'm going to use, again, Sam's line. You could take 30 seconds or 30 minutes to tell us how you got to where you are today and specifically specializing in gut health and nutrition. I would love to know, you know if that was always your passion or if it was just something that was meant to be moment or however you want to take it. Yeah, I would say it's probably a meant to be and kind of a roller coaster moment combined together how I got here. I grew up with digestive issues. I always tell my clients I was born constipated, um, which is what a lot of my clients will tell me. Like I was literally born like this and um, really struggled with digestive issues for about two decades of my life. Um, selfishly kind of went to college to study nutrition because I wanted to be able to figure out my own digestive issues. Um, and also the other side of the coin there was I was an athlete in college, I was a swimmer. And so I really selfishly wanted to know how I could swim faster. And so thought like, okay, this is great. I'm gonna learn so much and this is gonna be so helpful. Um, graduated college, still was constipated, still was bloated and had no idea how to help myself. Um, actually almost left the whole field of dietetics at one point because I felt just so inadequate and like, okay, if I can't even help myself, there's no way I can help other people. Um, while I was working a clinical job, I started a private practice out of a triathlon company, mostly because they offered me a free office. And so I just started seeing clients. And that's actually where I got exposed to the world of eating disorders, um, which sounds odd, but I'm sure you guys don't think that that's very odd. Um, but that's actually kind of where I really delved into that side of things. Um, and several years down the road, started my own private practice outside of the triathlon company, of course, and um, really primarily saw eating disorders for a while. Um, and as I started seeing all these clients, I realized 
oh my gosh, a lot of these clients have very similar issues that I do. Um, and I want to be able to help them more than I can. Um, so that kind of led me down this whole rabbit trail of functional nutrition and that whole world and realized like that world seems so extreme. And I'm like, okay, how do I blend the two of these together? So I ended up going to get my doctorate and that's actually where I had a huge light bulb moment for myself and realized I've had it so wrong for so long thinking that like, okay, this elimination diet is going to fix my problems. This like other restriction is going to fix my constipation. And I had a super disordered relationship with food as a result of my digestive issues. Um, and so when I was in my doctorate program, it was when I realized, okay, these things are not mutually exclusive and there is a way to improve digestion without restricting food and it, you can improve digestion by having a positive relationship with food and your body because there are so many things that affect digestion beyond food, including what we think about food, including how we talk about food, including how we consume the food. Um, and so really it was then that I'm like, okay, I feel like there's this missing piece in this world and I want to be able to bridge the gap. So um, now I get to help clients who have digestive issues find relief without using restrictive dieting to find relief from their bloating, constipation, all the really sexy topics, you know. Um, so, but it's such a joy and a pleasure to be able to do that because I've been in their shoes. I get it. I know how frustrating it is and getting off of that hamster wheel of like, okay, it's going to be this thing that fixes me um, is so relieving to a lot of people. So I don't know if that was 30 seconds or 30 minutes, but there we go. That's amazing. And I don't want to speak for Jenna, but I know that she loves talking about poop. Like, I feel like she always posts about, are you used to like more than now? But also like Jenna and I always share our passive disordered eating. And like, I know I had major digestive issues. I grew up always being like, where's the bathroom? Like I always had to know where it was. I've been diagnosed with GERD and IBS. I've had all the things, endoscopies, colonoscopies, like nothing's wrong, right? And it's like, no, there's definitely something yeah. wrong. Like I look nine months pregnant and you can knock on my belly. It's so distended. So mm -hmm. I just, I connect so much to what you're saying. Um, I kind of want to circle back to what Jenna was saying earlier about or, or how you even shared with us intermittent fasting, not only intermittent fasting, because I know you probably want to just like pull your hair out, like talking about it, but just all of these diets. Like, I love how you kind of started talking about elimination diets and now there's like Everly well, like finger prick. And now you have your clients bringing papers and being like, I can't eat these 27 foods. And so how do you, how do you even start these conversations with people? Like, I am just, I'm yeah. so fascinated with what you do. And I think it's so important. Well, I mean, sadly, the clients that we get in our program have tried everything. So the conversation starts pretty easily because they're like, I've tried Everly well. I've tried, you know, low FODMAP. I've tried this elimination diet. I've tried GAPS. I've tried AIP. I've tried everything. And I still feel terrible. So like, I basically I'll do whatever you tell me. Like, I'm so desperate. Um, and some of it is healing their relationship with food. Like that is a big piece. Actually the other day in our program, someone posted like, 
I just had this huge light bulb moment of these food fears and everything. And it started this whole chain of messages. And I think it was really empowering for a lot of our clients because they realized like, oh, wow, I'm not alone. Like my digestive issues, it's kind of this chicken or egg scenario for a lot of people. Like did my digestive issues cause my disordered eating or vice versa or like, and it really doesn't matter kind of i mean it does but at the end of the day obviously our goal is to fix both problems um and most of the time by healing relationship with food eating more regularly eating more variety and then also for for a lot of our clients addressing some of these underlying issues they're able to find relief and um so Anyways, yeah, the conversation usually starts itself just because people are like, I've tried everything. I really feel like there's nothing else I can do. And the hopeful piece is there is, you know, because there's all these other pieces that they haven't looked into. So uh, to piggyback off of that statement, <laughs> this might be like a huge topic, but like when you're on Instagram or social media, whatever is your preference of social choices, what are like the red flags that you see when people are posting about gut health? Because I feel like every single coach talks about gut healing and gut health in their sales pitches. And I just feel like it's like red flags all over the place. I think the biggest red flag for me, if I've learned anything over the years is like, it's not one size fits all. So like you can't just say like everyone take this like bloat supplement and you'll be better or everyone follow this exact same diet and you'll feel better. Like there's so many nuances because there's nuances to everything. Right. Um, and so if someone is like so extreme in their approach that it, it's almost like laid out perfectly, which does give people a lot of comfort. Right. Which is probably why they're selling a lot of programs. Cause it's like, okay, step one, step two, step three, but if it's so rigid and that everyone's doing the same thing, I think that's the biggest red flag just because if someone has bloating for this reason, you know, the other person could have the exact same symptoms, but the bloat could be for a completely separate reason. Um, and so you have to be able to identify what those things are. Otherwise people do spin their wheels, which is why they become increasingly more frustrated. Definitely. That makes so much sense. And I think that's like, like you said, that's for every corner of the internet. If someone's claiming they're an expert and it's just like, do this and get this outcome. It's like, nope, like next. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, so if you could touch a little bit on like gut issues in general, stress, restrictive eating, how they all play in, because I think it's so common. I know both Jenna and I have tried different elimination diets throughout the years, just thinking like, okay, if, if this is the issue, then I cut it out and then the issue will be gone. Right. But obviously that isn't the case. And a lot of times if we have a lot of restrictive dieting or elimination diets that can cause food fears, which then causes more stress. So if you could just kind of touch on how all of that intertwines and kind of how you see that unfolding in your practice, that'd be amazing. Yeah. So it can be this huge snowball effect, right? So the common scenario that we hear is I cut out XYZ food. I felt better for two weeks and then I started feeling poorly again. So then I cut out XYZ food and then I felt better for two weeks, you know, and the list goes on. So by the time they're done, they're eating like five foods, but they don't feel very good. And so the food fear is present because they're like, well, 
I already don't feel good. How could I possibly feel better if I actually added in foods, which is actually what they would feel better if they were doing. I remember having a conversation with a client who literally was only eating five foods. And I'm like, do you actually feel any better now than you did when you weren't? And all of a sudden she's like, wait, I don't. <laughs> You're right. I hadn't like put that together. And so that light bulb moment, although it sounds so simple, it wasn't simple to her. She was like, okay, I'm willing to maybe try adding things back in. So the cycle that can happen with that is um, several different things. One is your gut is a muscle. So just like any muscle in your body, it needs fuel. So typically with restrictive dieting, we're worried about caloric intake or just energy balance in general. So if your body is trying to prioritize energy, your gut, unfortunately, is not a priority. Your heart, your lungs, your brain are the priority. So your gut is getting less and less fuel as a priority, which means your gut slows down. When your gut slows down, you're more bloated, you're more constipated, you're more gassy, all the symptoms that you don't want, which usually results in people eating less, which then kind of further perpetuates this cycle, right? Um, and as you, the other side of the coin here is as you're eating less and less foods, not only is your gut a muscle, but your gut also contains live bacteria, which is kind of crazy to think about, but you have more bacteria in your gut than cells in your body. And these bacteria need food. So when you eat green beans and then you eat oats, those are feeding different bacteria. So the less or the, yeah, the less and less food you're eating, the lower your diversity in your gut becomes. When you have lower bacterial diversity in your gut, it's going to slow your digestive tract down <laughs> increase your bloating um, and cause all the problems that you're trying to prevent in the first place. So it becomes a really, really vicious cycle that can be really hard to get out of because the natural thought that most people have is, okay, well, obviously I'm still eating something that's causing a problem, so I need to continue to cut things out. But the reality is we need to have variety in our diet because the more variety in our diet, the more variety of gut bacteria that we have, which means the better motility we have, the better bloating we have, better digestive habits, etc. So um, hopefully I didn't just confuse everybody. But. I literally, all I could think about is like how amazing it is to have this conversation with an expert that knows what they're talking about, because everything you're saying is evidence-based and it's so on point. Um, and my question was, have you ever gone head to head with medical medium? <laughs> oh gosh. I don't know if I like have the guts to do that, to be honest. I feel like I would need like some. But like well, I Jenna has on TikTok, so that's why she's probably asking. I, I, but I think love you, to. you would just like take him on and like crush everything that he says. Like it's amazing to hear the science of how you just put that. So I think you need to add that maybe to like like some far away list because I don't know about that <laughs> one day <laughs> well but thank you for that seriously and all honestly I mean the way that you've described that I think if for our listeners maybe go back and listen to it again because it's likely different than what you've heard previously but this is just an incredible inform amount of information and science and you know what Sam started with 
um, a couple questions ago is how does this relate to stress or how does stress impact this cycle that you're talking about? Yeah. So there's not only like the physiological effects that I just talked about, but there can be psychological effects as well. So your gut and your brain are connected via the largest cranial nerve called the vagus nerve. And it's a bi-directional pathway, but actually there's more information going up than there is down. So the more restricted your diet becomes, the more fermentation and bacterial overgrowth that can happen in the gut as a result of slower motility and things just sitting there longer, the more, you know, quote unquote bad or negative messages are going back up to your brain, which can increase anxiety, increase stress. There's lots of research supporting like this gut brain connection there. But on the other side is stress, not only on the body from restriction and, you know, nutrient deficiencies that can happen just from not having variety in your diet not getting enough of what your body generally needs on a daily basis, but then also stress about food. So the example that I like to give is if anyone has ever had a dog or you've been in a house with a dog, you know, someone comes to the door, they knock on the door, the dog goes ballistic and starts barking. So that's your nervous system. If you are scared to eat and you have immense food fear, that's what's happening to your nervous system when you sit down. If you're sitting down and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to get so bloated from eating this. I'm terrible. I'm so bad or whatever you're telling yourself about the food that you're eating, your nervous system is now on high alert and your nervous system doesn't know the difference between actually being chased by a bear versus like, okay, this plate of food is going to make me so bloated. So all of a sudden blood flow is now away from your gut which you need there to help you digest to your muscles thinking, I need to run as fast as I can. So when you have decreased output of blood flow and your nervous system is now redirected, you have lower stomach acid output, you have lower digestive enzyme output, lower saliva output too. Your body's not worried about digesting a meal if there's a bear that's going to be chasing you. So some of it even too is how you're approaching your meal, if your immediate thought is, I'm going to get bloated, then you're probably going to get bloated. <laughs> so changing the narrative, trying to relax before you eat, trying to initiate kind of that cephalic phase of digestion where you're smelling your food and allowing your salivation to occur, which is then triggering all the other enzymes in our gut, um, can be really powerful. So the stress component is a big one, <laughs> um, which for most of our clients, is the number one reason why they're bloated. Obviously, there can be downstream effects of stress, like lowering stomach acid and digestive enzyme activity and slowing motility and stuff like that. So um, we need to address those things, but we can't really address all of those things if stress remains a constant, they're not gonna get anywhere. So it's really important to address that piece first and um, the whole time. That makes so much sense. Just thinking about, you know, intuitive eating and the principles, like our clients have to make peace with food first before we can get to gentle nutrition. And mm -hmm. I think there's a big misconception in intuitive eating. People think like it doesn't involve nutrition or you can't, you know, have a medical disease and condition and try to um, work on that and better your health outcomes, which is so false. It's just that, like you said, if somebody has this 
immense stress. Like it doesn't matter what we tell them from a nutrition standpoint, because we have to work on that stress first. Mm -hmm. So I love everything that you're saying. I think it's such an important conversation. And I think so many of our listeners will relate because a lot of the people that listen to our podcast have a history of disordered eating or eating disorder and have digestive issues. So love how everything's tying together. Um, would love to bring it back to poop because why not? And I'm just, I'm just, we all poop, right? So I think this can, so many people can relate to this. I would assume like, is poop something you talk about all the time in your practice? Because it's probably like the sign of normal digestion. And can you tell our listeners like, what are normal bowel movements? How often should you be going? What should it look like? Like, let's talk about some shit right here. <laughs> um, yes, I talk about poop way more than probably the normal person. So much so that my husband's like, I don't think you realize that like you can't bring these things up at like a dinner party. Like it's not appropriate, you know, like a couple Thanksgivings ago, there's this fiber company called Regular Girl that's like a prebiotic fiber and they had shipped me like a Christmas present and they included in the Christmas present was this Bristol stool scale and it was like this printable thing. And I had just like left it on the kitchen table and my mom was like so offended. <laughs> like, why is this here? <laughs> we're having Thanksgiving, like you need to move this. Um, so, but anyways, what is normal poop? So normal poop is one to three times a day. It should not be urgent, of course, unless you like drink coffee or matcha tea or something that's like naturally going to speed up your digestion. Um, it should be easy to pass. It should be soft and formed like a snake and it should be brown. So I mean, we'll have clients that are like, why is my poop white? Why is it yellow? There's reasons for that. Um, and we can address that. Um, but it should be solid, like a snake, like I said, it should be very easy to pass. You shouldn't be straining to go. Um, if you Google the Bristol stool scale, you'll be able to see, like it should be a number four. Um, if it's a one, two or a three, we have a problem. You're definitely probably dehydrated, you're severely constipated, and we need to work on that. If you're on the other side of the scale, um, things are probably moving a little bit too quickly and we got to slow things down, which can be a result of acute stress. So like with chronic stress, typically it's going to slow the digestive tract down. With acute stress, like I'm sure we've all had that experience where we're like about to give a speech and we're like running to the bathroom. That is the gut-brain connection at work. Your body's like, I got to get rid of this. I have this big speech that I'm giving. But obviously, if you're having that every day, then we need to work on it. I love everything that you just said. And I saw Jenna laughing because I know that she has that poop scale. Am I right? <laughs> yes, like five of them. <laughs> hey, they make it pretty. It's like pink and like it doesn't. It's it's, yeah, it's fine. It's I totally have fun. quite a few TikToks on poop, which is what Sam's referring to from before that still gain like traction. Like I'll still get likes it. on them from like two years ago. And I'm like, wow, like this is what you guys <laughs> like seriously um, my friends are like appalled they're like how have you built an instagram following literally talking about poop i'm like everyone poops and more people have problems with poop than you would realize like 75 percent of americans have problems with pooping so like hey people want to know about this that's a huge statistic thank you for sharing that one you know one of the things that came up for me when i think 
you were speaking is like you were talking more about the stress aspect of what you do and how you tell people to take a deep breath before they eat and really like calm their nervous system down before eating. And like Sam said, you know, we tell people you have to make peace with food in order to heal your relationship with it and go on to the next steps of or principles of intuitive eating. And it's like, it's infuriating to me, but also empowering, empowering in this conversation that like we are seen, uh, both of us, all of us in this um, screen right now as the ones like giving woo-woo information <laughs> when everyone else, you know, is giving out this harmful information about, you know, healing their gut or weight loss or whatever it is. And we are seen as the ones that are crazy. But in this conversation, I feel so empowered at the science that you are dropping in the way that, you know, all of our work together really can work to not only heal someone's relationship with food, but also make them more comfortable. Yeah, because, and that was really what kind of led me to do this is I'm like, okay, I have all these clients that are working to heal their relationship with food, but they're still struggling with the, this digestive piece. Like Sam described, like they're, they feel nine months pregnant and they could knock on their belly. And they're like, this is causing me to want to go back to what I was doing before because I'm so uncomfortable. And I'm like, okay, how do we blend these two worlds where like we can understand kind of like on a microscopic level, what is going wrong? <laughs> what spark plugs are not firing that need to be firing and allow you to live your life? Like you don't have to be like restricted to this little digestive health bubble of like, okay, well, I have to eat at home and I can only eat these five things and then I'm not bloated. Cause like, that's not true recovery either. If you know, your digestive issues are now calling the shots um, of what you can do, but yeah, it's really sometimes hard because it does feel like it has to be so extreme, but it really doesn't, which is nice. It's awesome. And I think it's like a, it's like a breath of fresh air to know that, that it's like, it, just like with everything with intuitive being, but just taking one step at a time, you don't have to fix it overnight. And that there's people like you out there that understand both worlds, because I think like you said, being able to blend the two, sometimes if you go into the functional medicine world, it's, it's littered with restriction and elimination. So I love that you have an intuitive eating foundation and understanding of eating disorder and, and healing your relationship with food, but also that emphasis on gut health. So if someone's listening to this and they heard what you said was normal poop and they're like, I'm nowhere near normal poop and I need help, where can they find you? What, what is the best place that they should go to find you, Heather? Yeah, so they can find me on Instagram. That's where I hang out the most. Um, my handle is gutbrain.nutrition. And if you're curious what the cause of your underlying gut issues could be, I actually have a quiz on my site that you can take. I actually looked at the stats this morning because I was super curious. 67% of people, their top root cause is stress. So maybe you'll be in the top 67% of people. Um, you know, it obviously it goes into the other root causes as well, but yes, if you're curious, what could be causing your digestive issues, you can take the quiz that is at my link in bio. Um, but message me on Instagram. I'm happy to have a conversation with you and, and chat about what's going on. Thank you so much for everything that you shared today. This was incredible. Like so informational. <laughs> Thanks for having me. This was so fun. I'll always talk about poop. 
<laughs> my dream come true. Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of What the Actual Fork Pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there, and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all your friends and faves, and follow along with us on social at what the actual fork pod we promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics greatest guests and the most fun you can possibly have while fighting diet culture bullshit we love you we appreciate you and we will see you next week for a lot more fun let's jump into peppa's world of play look for spring flowers hunt for muddy puddles and bravely explore exciting places with peppa play sets peppa pig inspiring kid confidence.